Hello, my fellow warrior. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing well. That's awesome. It's good to hear you again. Yes, it's very nice to hear you as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> how has your day and week been? My day is in really good. My week has overall been really good as well. So it's been kind of nicely balanced. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have going on? Uh, right now, I'm finishing final formatting for paperback uh, for my novel. And then um, outside of that, it's just kind of enjoying the rainy day. <laughs> oh, it's rainy there. Yeah, it's been on and off pouring. It's like Mother Nature can't decide what she's doing. I, I like to say days like this are Mother's Day's hot flashes. Because <laughs> she's like, I'm hot. So she like makes it rain to pour, you know, to cool herself off. And then she's like, I'm cold now. So then it becomes hot and humid and sticky and you hate going outside. And it just goes back and forth all day. <laughs> yeah, it's like bright and sunny here. Nice. I'm jealous. Hobbs loves it, though, because he can go outside and roll around in the mud. Oh, that's going to be fun for you. Oh, yeah. I think he's had in the past day, because it started raining last night, uh, I think I've given him four baths. <laughs> <laughs> he's just at the point where, like, he comes inside with just this look on his face, like, I know, I'm going straight to the tub. I got it. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. He loves puddles. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a... What is he, Labrador Retriever? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, I got a question. Am I coming through pretty clear? Fair, I can hear you clearly. You're a little muffled. But other than that, you're oh. okay. Oh, I am? Yeah. Oh, hold on. How about now? A little bit better? I don't. Well, I uh, finally got some wireless earbuds. Okay, yeah, now you're definitely better. Yeah, because of, uh, because of, like, the problems we've had with previous ones. I don't know how much better these will work, but they're they're better for me for work and in, and in general. Yeah. So, but I usually have the wireless ones that sit on my neck and then they they plug into my ears. But when we do this for whatever reason it likes to disconnect halfway through. So I just I use my plug-in ones when we do our show. Oh well. Yeah, hopefully like these are fully charged my phone's fully charged so hopefully this might make a difference fingers crossed <laughs> and i got freddie lying up next to me here Aww. yeah he's a good little boy today mm. oh but <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, I I had a gym session this morning and I 
ran myself pretty hard, so like I'm. Kind I of, saw. I got, I got my coffee with me, so I'm gonna try to be sharp, but I'm kind of feeling uh. It's a okay. Days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a little foggy in the head. All right. Well, we'll we'll get you back on track, and if not, we'll have a shorter show today. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, you want to get into our topic for this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, around the country, from about now until the usually third week of no- of October, sometimes even into November, there are um, walks that are called the out of the darkness walk. And these are for suicide awareness, prevention, and um, survivor unity. And they're kind of awesome. And um, if you've ever seen like the breast cancer walks, like the Susan uh, Coleman one is is huge out here. It's just everywhere. Um, If you've ever seen the uh, March of Dimes, um, all those kinds of things. This is basically the same type of deal where you register and then at a certain day you go and you walk. And it used to be where you'd walk overnight and you'd end as the sun was coming up because it was literally coming out of the darkness. This year was, I think, the first year where they decided to do it as the sun was coming up. So you got there like before the sun was coming up and you walked as the sun was coming up. And then by the time, like I want to say 10 in the morning, it was over. I didn't go this year, um, but I have gone in years past. I've done the, the actual, you know, overnight walk and I think they're fantastic. I think they spread a lot of, spread a lot of awareness. I think, uh, you know, just the amount of people that stop and look at you walking in this huge group of people, some of us carrying signs, most people carrying candles for loved ones. Um, it It's not only a very somber moment to come upon and, and see, especially if you notice the signs or the, the t-shirts people's are wear, people are wearing, but it, it's also just kind of a, a shocking moment to see how many people are there because it's usually pretty big, at least out here. And uh, I didn't get to go this year because it was on a Friday. And with uh, my daughter being in school now, it's just hard for me to get up that early and go there and then be back in time to take her to school. So Hobbs and I kind of did our own. (laughs) We got up really early uh, yesterday morning and we walked as the sun was coming up and it was nice. You know, it was a nice reminder. It was a nice refresher. And then uh, I talked to a friend the other day about, you know, my, my struggles with um, suicidal idolation, my, my own suicide attempts, et cetera. And uh, one of the things that was mentioned when I was talking to this person about it was how when they had had their own struggles with this topic, they wish there had been other people that they could kind of talk to not necessarily in a support group kind of way but in a you know I I wish there had been somebody who I knew I could reach out to 
And this got me thinking about some of the uh, talks and stuff that would happen either before or sometimes after the walks that I've been to the pa- in the past. Sometimes there'll be a candlelit vigil and people can go up and read the stories. Um, like Joey, you might, if you ever participated in one of these, you might go and read one about uh, your sister. You know, just let people yeah. know how she touched your life and the lives of others and how important she is and kind of uh, share her life with others so that she can be remembered and be part of the walk and the things along those lines. Um, and, and people will do that. They'll, they'll talk about their attempts. People who uh, have lost loved ones will talk about loved ones. And one of the things that's always brought up in those discussions is kind of, you know, how, how you can reach out for help, what to do if you stumble across somebody who's in crisis, and then how to best take care of yourself either after you've reached out for help or after you've had a moment like this, a low point, you know, cause self-care is huge. And I know that on our Instagram page, you and I, you know, are, are, are trying to uh, often post about uh, self-care and the importance of just taking time out to really focus on yourself. And I think it, it given this moment and the, the time that this is right now, you know, but before we head into all of our our bigger months, because uh, October we have uh, domestic violence and uh, pregnancy slash infant loss awareness month, and then November is uh, epilepsy, invisible illness, and uh, suicide awareness month. So, I mean, those are going to be some heavy topics that we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, and plus, we've got to start preparing people for the, the the mind fuck that is the holidays, especially if you have toxic family, because Lord knows we're all, like, high, sneaking into the bathroom looking for the freaking uh, cough syrup. <laughs> Just trying to get through. Uh, yeah. Not that that's a good behavior to have, but, I mean, I've been there. And I will happily discuss that when we go through, um, when we get to our episode about surviving the holidays. Um, but I mean, we've had a lot of people come up to us, or at least I've had a lot of people who listen to our show ask about, you know, what more can I do? How do I know somebody's in crisis? When is it appropriate to reach out, uh, to somebody who I think might be in crisis? When is it appropriate to reach out if I'm in a crisis? And, you know, both of us have been there. I don't, I don't think that's a secret to any of our listeners anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but I just like, I'm just thinking about all the shit that we've unleashed so far in this podcast. And we're only on what episode 12. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to say 12. I want to say 12 ish somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> I know we actually <laughs> hit the double digits. I just don't know where in the double digits we are anymore. Um, you know, but I, we, we've shared, and I think that helps a lot of people. I know it's helped me, you sharing your struggles, and I, I hope it's helped other people, my sharing, you know, mine. I got a bunch of messages after last week's episode, <laughs> uh, you know, people checking in, which I loved. Thank you if you were one of those people and you're listening now who checked in on me, especially on Tuesday, on, uh, you know, the, the big day, and was like, hey, I just want to reach out and let you know I heard 
I appreciate you. I appreciate you for for checking in and letting me know you appreciate me. Thank you. Um, I got long messages. I got short messages. So, I mean, we're doing what we set out to do, Joey. We are reaching people and touching lives. And, you know, if we can give people some, I guess, stepping stones as to how we overcome crisis situations, maybe it'll help people even more. Yes, and yeah, we, we we do the best we can here. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's awesome that people are reaching out to you after last week. I agree. Although I knew that was hard for you to get through, and I'm proud of you for doing so. And you know, it's great that it's uh, that it uh, was able to reach some people. Oh, I know. I mean. I, I was talking to Alicia the other day who would like to come back on uh, later to talk about the, the holiday one, which is why it's on my mind right now. Is cause I was just, I was literally just talking to her about that. Uh, do you know her episode is our most listened to episode? I see that. Yes. Yeah. That is awesome to me. And then after that, it's a, it's a, it was a three-way tie. I haven't checked it today. Um <laughs> I haven't checked it today because I don't check it on, on recording days because I'm always afraid that you need to log in and do stuff. So I don't, I don't check it. But it was a three-way tie between you reading my novel, which is awesome, um, our rumor mill <laughs> one, which makes me laugh because that was pulled out of our butts at the last second. Um, but it was a really good episode. I, I like it. I think it was awesome. And um, uh, the episode where you talked about opening up at work and starting therapy. And I talked about uh, the sexual assault that I, I had in my happy place at fair. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that um, our most listened to episodes are some of the heavier topics and that's kind of cool. Like I'm glad that we're able to bring light to those and that they're, they're making a difference. It's kind of awesome to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Right? Love yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so let's let's start with the easiest one. Um, how do you reach out when you're in a crisis? Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to, Joey? Well, I, I can just again say what I did this past yeah. time, which again took me working up a lot of nerve to do so, but it's First off, uh, recognize that you are in a crisis and need to reach out. Mm -hmm. And um, just think of someone you can trust with it, someone who you know will listen. And, And someone who you, not only that, but you feel is your best avenue to get the help you need which for me was, I know there's programs set up through my work. And so for me, it was going to my boss and saying something. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that that's all I can really think to say, like the first step in reaching out is, well, I mean, the first step is just recognizing that you are in crisis and you do need the help and you can't handle it on your own. Yeah. Which, and, there, which there is no shame in that. 
No, there's not. And it can take a long time. Like the first time I opened up to anybody and realized that I could no longer handle what I was dealing with was during a disassociative episode. I had been um, self-harming for, gosh, four years. And I thought I had it under control. And I got into a fight with a friend. They went to take a break to, you know, go do something for a few minutes. And I think it was a five-minute period where I just blacked out and... I wasn't answering and responding. So they called my house and the the phone actually triggered me back out of it. And I was just covered in blood. And I'm like, I need help. I can't do this anymore. You know, sometimes we are, are very aware that we are slipping down a slippery slope and we can reach out to people and be like, I need your help. Please be my anchor. And then other times it takes a very drastic moment for us to be aware that we are in a crisis and that we do need help. And it's okay either way, whether you are aware of your mind and your body or you're not, you know, we're all in different places. We all have different journeys to walk down when it comes to our mental health and our physical health and everything else. And there's nothing wrong with where you are or how you do it. The only important thing is that at some point you acknowledge that you need help if you do. And there's nothing wrong with needing help ever. Exactly. So, what was what was that story that you uh, you you like came out of your um your blackout like covered in blood? What was that from? I um I was self harming. Self harming comes in in various stages. There's um, you can drink to self harm. You can do drugs to self harm. Uh, Some people have uh, really promiscuous, unprotected sex to self-harm. I used to cut myself. Uh, It was, I, I have always been a person who can handle physical pain far better than I can emotional pain. And I, I just, I was... On the cusp of being 15, I'd been cutting since uh, right before my 11th birthday, and I'd been able to hide it. I'd always been a baggy clothes person. I'd always been a person who, even in the summer, on like 80-degree weather, I'd have a hoodie on, and nobody questioned it because it was just how I was. Um, You know, for band practice, freshman year, I would wear a long sleeve shirt under like a a tank top or a a short sleeve shirt or a t-shirt. And uh, I had a couple people question it right away. Like the older kids, like, why are you doing that? That's so weird. Aren't you hot? I'm like, no, this is just how I dress. It's, you know, I'm kind of conservative. I don't like, you know, to show a lot of skin and nobody questioned it. You know, and I think back now and I'm like, wow, (laughs) why did nobody question this? But at the same time, it was a believable comment that I made, you know, no, I'm just, I don't like to show my body. This is how I am. And a lot of people knew that I was very active in um, my church. And I, I didn't throw it in anybody's face that I was religious, but I, I was and still am to a certain point, a very faith 
driven person. And I think to a lot of people, that was just kind of the weird religious girl in quotes, you know, thing. And I, I think move, I, I kind of blame movies for adding on to that because it just seemed like the normal weird thing to do. You know, they were always covered up. Um, when I had that fight and I had that disassociative moment, A, I, I didn't even know it was a disassociative moment. I just blacked out. I just, I lost all track of time. And when they called me on the phone, I realized, wow, it's been like five or six minutes. What have I been doing? And then I looked down at my arms and I had carved the word help into my arm. I had carved save me into my arm. And I can still see those words now. It's why I still like, this is the first year I've ever worn tank tops. If anybody follows me on my Instagram from here, I talk about how I've opened up and I've worn tank tops and I've tanned and it's been kind of a surreal thing for me because while it's freeing that I'm loving my body at any size now, which is something that's really important for me, it's also a mental health mind fuck because I can see those scars. Every time I tan and my arms get you know there, I see the words because they come out in these scars and they're way more prominent than my, you know, they are when I'm normally my pasty white self. So it's just, it's this difficult moment. But when I came out of that fog, I told the person, I need to call my mom. I need to hang up with you. We will talk about this later. I need to call my mom. And I did. And she was at the time working at the airport nearby us. And uh, they paged her. She got on the phone and she's like, what? I'm working. I'm like, I need you to come home. She's like, I can't. I have to work. I'm like, no, you you need to come home. And she didn't question it. So she came home. Um, I showed her what had happened. I'd cleaned myself up by then, but I, I still showed her. She, you know, put cold compresses on my arms. And uh, for the first time since I think I was four or five, she pulled me into her lap and told me it was going to be okay, that we were going to figure this out. And then about a month later, uh, after a, a really bad Disney trip, um, <sighs> why we decided to go to Disney first, I don't know. But after that, I came home and I looked at her and I went, you need to take me to the hospital. I can't do this anymore. And she did. And I, I think a part of her felt like a failure. And I kept telling her, this isn't your fault. This is me. And her response was, it's not you. This is a chemical imbalance. And it was so, it's so weird now to look back and think at that moment because she understood then what was happening. But now when we try and talk about it, she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to acknowledge it. She doesn't, she doesn't seem to get it. Like she understands that people get depressed, but it, it's, it's in the aspect that people get depressed and then they move on. She doesn't seem to understand that depression doesn't, it, it stays with you. You know, this is a lifelong battle. I'm always going to be depressed to a certain point. It's just, I'm always going to, I'm, I'm going to be able to walk over it some days. And then other days it's going to keep tripping me up. Yeah. Well, but so that was the, that was the definitive moment for you. Yeah. That was my moment was, hurting myself to a point where if I hadn't come out of that fog, I might've bled to death. 
wasn't acknowledging that I no longer had control of the basketball. I no longer had control of the situation. This was something that I had taken over my life in a way that I hadn't ever expected it to. And I needed help with it. I needed somebody to help guide me in a way where I could take back that control in small pieces so that I wouldn't ever do that again. So that I wouldn't end up hurting myself to a point where yeah, I, I wasn't here anymore. Cause at, at that point in my life, I never wanted to, to die. A lot of people have this strange stigma when it comes to people who cut that, Oh, you're just, you're just toying with death. You're just doing this for attention. And no, it's, a lot of the time, most of the people that I've talked to have cut before. It's because they're exactly like me, where they handle physical pain better than they do emotional. And it just makes it so much easier to handle what you're going through than it does to talk about feelings. Like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to admit it. So I'm just going to do this because it, it makes me feel better. It's, it's kind of like somebody who, who drinks. You know, I had a, a, a friend who's like a brother to me who drank himself to death. You know, he, uh, he numbed his pain with alcohol because when he had drunk enough and was at that point where he was buzzed or drunk, he didn't feel it. He wasn't bothered by everything that was weighing on his shoulders anymore. But when he wasn't drunk or buzzed, he felt everything and he felt it to such an extent that all he focused on was finding more alcohol. It takes over your life. You know, I, when I started to cut, it was only when I uh, had a, a severe emotional response to something. And then it became, if I didn't get an A on a test, like it went from the extreme to everything, anything that wasn't perfect, anything that I didn't do the right way, I would cut myself over because it becomes an addiction. It, it, it becomes an out of control situation. You get yanked under the tide and you have two options at that point. Either you overcome it on your own, which is extremely difficult to do, or you ask for a lifesaver. And I asked for a lifesaver. Yeah, it's a, it's a very scary feeling to be in that place. It is. It's terrifying. Because it's, it almost is like drowning while standing on dry land. Yeah, exa exactly. So, <clears throat> if you're up there and you're struggling with how do I reach out for help... <laughs> I know when it's time to reach out for help, whether you're on Joey's side of the spectrum where you're aware that you need help because you can already feel it or you've hit my extreme or you're almost at my extreme of something is about to happen and shock you and wake you up or you haven't hit that part yet, but you, you think you might be that kind of a person. Wherever you fall on that, you are worthy of help and we want you to know that. Yes, and I realize, like, I, I realize I am very, very, very lucky to 
be in a job where I have the resources that I can, that made it easy for me to reach out for help. Yeah. I mean, not taking, like, you know, I realize a lot of people out there are in a situation where they don't have the resources available to them. Yeah. And that makes it, that can make it a hell of a lot harder. So, you know, believe me, I feel very lucky to be in the position I'm in that I was able to do that. No, and I respect you for acknowledging that understanding and that privilege, but there is always something. Even even if you can't get professional help, there is somebody that is willing to talk to you. You may not be able to get, you know, medication or, or see, you know, a therapist, but there are people that love you that will never want to judge you or hurt you or see you hurt yourself that will drop everything. Maybe not, you know, that second, but they will drop it. They will cancel plans for the day and come hang out with you and bring pizza. I've had people do that. I think that was the best thing ever was I sent um, a message to a friend the one time and I was like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, fine. I'm like, you're not fine. What's wrong? I'm like nothing. I don't want to bother you. You know, it's cool. Don't worry about it. What room are you in? Why? What room are you in? So I told them my dorm room and like five seconds later, they're knocking on my door. They're like, I brought pizza. Let's have a movie night, bitch. I'm like, okay, cool. And it helped because not only did we end up watching movies that totally fit my mood and I needed to watch, which at that point in time where movies were like a whole bunch of people died. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about horror movies, man. <laughs> oh, it's horror. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, Not like, I, I don't know. I, was, I don't no. know why I was thinking like Titanic or something. No, I, I'm probably one of the, like, I like Titanic, but I have to be in a super, like, I have to be in the right mood for Titanic. No, horror movies, horror, for whatever reason, when I'm in a bad mood or I've had a bad day, I have two go-tos. I will either sit and binge watch all of Firefly again, or I will uh, sit and watch all of my favorite B-list horror movies. <laughs> because are some examples? Um, because Halloween's coming up, and oh, you I know, know. If, if we if we can like throw in a little side like horror movie, because yeah. that's what uh, I I love me some like B rated horror movies around Halloween time. The funny thing is that I don't think mine are technically all B rated, but I think that they've just been forgotten or they're vastly underrated. Um, my my favorite Halloween movie of all time is Trick or Treat. With Sam, the cute little potato sack boy who has the sucker. It's it's awesome. Is it, is that so the one with Jeans? What's that? There's so many stars in there. Like um, Rogue is in is there. You, I can't remember her name. Anna Anna Paquin is that her name? Oh oh, that's a newer one. Yeah, it's it's newer. It's not it's not. Okay. Super, it's old enough that I remember watching it with my ex husband. Um, and it had already been in theaters and stuff like that. Like we, we rented it 
and I fell in love with it. Um, but I, I love it. I watch it every year. Like I, <laughs> Keely got up the one year and I was watching it, eating popcorn. And she's like, mommy, can I have some popcorn? I'm like, no, you can't watch this movie. Go away. <laughs> she's like, but mommy, it's a pretty princess on the screen. I'm like, no, no, the pretty princess is not going to be a pretty princess for much longer. Go back to bed. Trust me. Yeah, I think the one I was thinking of was like, there's one called Trick or Treat from the 80s. Yeah. I, th- I think Gene Simmons is in it. I, I think so, too. I've, I have seen the one with Gene Simmons in it, I think. It, it's either Gene Simmons or it's another uh, heavy metal rocket. Is it, has, is it heavy metal like back then? Would that be what Kiss and Ozzy Osbourne so. like, considered? Yeah, I think, I think that's what they were considered. I think it might be Ozzy Osbourne in there, too. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, random musicians, and, yeah. Hmm. Um, I like Darkness Falls, which is the one about the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, that's I, a good one. That to sounds familiar, on. but I, I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, it's about the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> epic. And it's funny, too, because everybody tries to peg his experiences with the Tooth Fairy as a mental illness. So there's a scene where he's like restocking all of his flashlights and also popping like every single med that you could possibly, like I've taken some of the meds that he's taken. I'm like, Oh my God, that's cool. Like every time I watch it, I just feel more, I feel more understood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I like 13 ghosts. There's two versions of it though. And I like the one with Tony Shalhoub in it. Yeah, that's the one I've seen, too. Yeah, I love Tony Shalhoub. I think it's a great version. Um, the other version, which is the original, quote-unquote, um, is okay, but I, I'm i not a special effects whore. I, I can appreciate upgraded special effects. I just feel that the acting is, is better in the one with Tony Shalhoub, personally. I mean, there's some iffy moments with a couple characters, but I, I just like that one better. Um, gosh, what other ones? I was going over this with a friend because a friend of mine is watching, like, every day she's watching a different Halloween movie or a different horror movie all the way up to uh, the 31st of October. And I gave her a whole list of them. (laughs) I do do horror movies and I do, I read uh, horror books, too. Yeah. I always see when I go to horror books, though, I'm always my serial killer books or my mass murder books or, you know, I'm, you know. mm. (laughs) Oh, like The Stranger Beside Me? Yeah, that or um, I I, I love Dean Koontz. I know everybody is like, man, he's a knockoff of Stephen King and I can get into some Stephen King, but I prefer Dean Koontz. I've read some Dean Koontz. He's fine. I've not, but um, yeah, like there's some I have on my shelf that I'm like, well, this October I'm finally going to get to. Yeah. There's um, yeah, there's one that I heard is supposed to be like, like totally scary and like awesome called A Head Full of Ghosts. Yes. By Paul Tremblay. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I need to go pick that up from the library. It's on hold for me. Yeah. And um, I'm going to read some, like, old. Um, I've read, I might reread a Stephen King one, like, 
you know, I've read The Shining and, you know, Pet Cemetery. And it, yeah. I'm, well, I don't think I'll read like a super one long one like it. No. That's probably, even though that's got to be my favorite Stephen King book. Yeah. But. That terrified that is, me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still slightly afraid of clowns because of that. <laughs> well, the whole. I was talking to my dad about this once, and he said the whole uh, fear of clowns phenomenon is like something that's relatively new, like within his lifetime. Yeah. And like, are like, I think my theory with like the whole like why clowns became scary, a couple of things. Like one is uh, Stephen King's it. Yep. With Penny with Pennywise. And the other is uh, John Wayne Gacy. Well, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that King based the clown character of it, like that his that persona of it, off of the Gacy cases. That's what I've heard too. But like just like him being a terrifying. Yeah, him being a clown at children's parties. So yeah, exactly. Because that was how well, he dealt with his victims. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> hi everybody. <laughs> the show there'll be several tangents before we stay on our topic. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, yeah, where were uh, we at in our regular we discussion? Knowing when to reach out, so I think the next one is how to reach out. Okay. And I mean, how to run out? How to reach out runs the gambit. That is as vast as all the horror movies that we were just talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I reach out personally um, by doing something nice for others. I become very aware of my friend's needs. I will, uh, in fact, if they're listening to this, they're going to be on to me, curses. Um, When I'm feeling really down and I need to reach out and make sure I'm doing okay mentally or I wish somebody would check in with me, I check in with everybody else. I will send hugs. Facebook is a beautiful thing because I have friends that live all over. And I'll send them like a hug, uh, GIF or GIF or however the hell you pronounce it. I've heard it both ways. Just an image of, you know, a a cute little hug. And I'm like, in case you need this today. And usually the responses I get back are, oh, thanks, I did. You know, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, now that I know that you're okay, do you want to talk? And I, maybe that's not the best way to reach out because it doesn't end up solving my problems. But it opens the floor for them to then ask me once they're done unleashing what's wrong with them, how are you? You know, do you need to talk about anything? And I have one friend who's really, really good about that. Her name is Valerie, and she's the best ever. And we'll do monthly check-ins. If we haven't heard from each other in a month, I'll send her a random hug, or she'll send me some random (laughs) really weird thing. Like, the other day, she sent me um, an image... (laughs) And it was four little images all attached to each other that said, this dude slid into my DMs. He thinks I'm single, but I'm married, but I'm going to play this man anyway. And it showed their conversation. And <laughs> he was asking for 
for nudes of her. And she said, I don't have any on my phone. She's like, cause I have kids. She's like, but you know, what would you do if I sent you them? And he starts to tell her and she goes, no, no, I want you to draw it in Microsoft paint. And then the next three images were his drawings. <laughs> oh my God, Joey, I will have to send you this image later. It is so inappropriate, but it is so hilarious. Because he's got, oh, God. right? <laughs> they look. <laughs> oh my God, I died. I was like, wait, are those supposed to be boobs or butt cheeks being clapped? I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it made my day. I was just like, oh my God, you sent me the best stuff. Like, I'm laughing right now and I needed to laugh right now. It's so bad. She's like, I love you. I'm like, I love you too. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? <laughs> how is how are you doing? Like, she's just the best. I adore her. And our we have these weird senses of humor, so it's it's great. You know, it just it works so well. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I'm still laughing about it. It puts a smile on my face every time I think about that. You know, having somebody like that that I can go to who's also experienced some of what I've gone through, uh, you know, and can kind of uh, sympathize and empathize is great. I have friends that, you know, I can talk to who, who haven't been there and who are great at empathizing. Um, but... And we'll get into this later after, after in a little bit, you know, they don't always say the right thing. And I, I don't fault them for it because I don't think they know that they're saying unhelpful things. I think it's all coming from a place of meaning well, but it, it can, it can make certain things worse. And it makes me hesitant to reach out to them unless I'm desperate for someone like if there's nobody else there I will reach out to these people because I know that every time I, I tell them I need somebody to talk to can can are you busy right now they're the kind of person who will be like I need five minutes and in five minutes exactly they will contact me back and be like how do you want to do this do you want me to call you do you want to do this over text do you want me to show up what do you want to do you know I, I they're reliable but it's just there is, there, there are levels, there are circles. I always think of meet the Fockers when I talk about the circles, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I've never seen, I saw meet the parents, but I never saw any of the sequels. Meet the Fockers was the, oh, meet the first one. Yes. Sorry. Meet the parents is the first one. I always think meet the Fockers is the first one. I don't know why. Uh, meet the, meet the parents where he's talking about the inner circle where it's just his family and then he's got his like next circle and then the next circle and then everybody else is like the outer circle that he will never ever let in. My inner circle is people like you, Joey, and people like Valerie and uh, people like my friend Holly and Alicia, my partner, you know, people of that nature who I can unleash to, who I know no matter what I have to say will never judge me and who will understand either because they've been there or because they also have similar struggles. And then the next circle is people that don't necessarily have the same struggle, but can, can at least empathize and are willing to listen and talk and, um, 
kind of be there. You know, those are the people that, you know, when I, I say I need to talk to them, they're the ones who do the five minute thing and then they actually respond. And then everybody else is there. And it's always weird because if I'm having a bad day and I drop something, like one of my friends recently, I had this, I had this moment, um, we were talking about a, a murder case or something along those lines. Cause they're a recent murder, you know, and, uh, they mentioned something and I, I dropped a bomb about how, oh yeah, I've been locked in a basement too. <laughs> Just the silence. Wow. I was like, oh, hmm, forgot. Yeah. Level of awkwardness just climbed 9,000 degrees. I'm going to be quiet now and switch to talking about kittens or something. You know, so I mean, that's that's how I go about reaching out. Is I look at the people around me and I make sure I'm reaching out to the to the person I need the most right then. And then if I can't reach those people, then I move on. But there's always the fear that I'm a bother, you know, too. And that kind of I have to get over that. I have to suck it up. And it's not an easy thing to suck up and just accept that. No matter what, nobody's going to think I'm a burden if I really do need help. But my brain says yeah, otherwise. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a common feeling among, because I have those thoughts too, where, uh, where like I don't want to reach out to anyone with my problems just because like, <laughs> I don't, like I figured they got their own shit to deal with. They don't want the burden of taking on mine no matter what they've told me in the past. Exactly. You're always second guessing yeah. and it sucks. But, yeah, so that's that's a very common thought, I feel. With oh, I agree with you. I think, it's, I think everybody's been there. Like, we're all afraid of being a bother. Anxiety is a bitch. Just punch it in the face. <laughs> Figure it right in the balls. Yes, that too. <laughs> whatever, whatever gender your anxiety is, kick it where it hurts. <sighs> Do you have anything to add about uh, how to reach out, Joey? Or did I cover that enough? <laughs> um, no, I don't think you could have said it any better yourself. It's, I mean, it's just you said it very well, like have your, your inner circle of like people you, you know, you can reach out to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I can add anything on to that one. I think the only thing I'll add on for anybody, any of my friends that do listen to this and might feel like, what if I'm, what if I'm not in the inner circle? I feel, I feel gypped. Don't feel gypped. You know, the people that are in the inner circle are usually there because either you've known them the most or they've, they're just the person that you've unleashed to <laughs> the most. And I, this is going to sound so weird, but if you are, if you've ever experienced any type of mental health thing, you know that having to rehash it is hard. Anytime I have to open up about my husband, it, it's like cutting off a limb. It just, it, I bleed again. It hurts for days afterwards. And if I don't have to do that, but I can, you know, poke somebody and be like, Hey, 
you already know these facts. I'm going to tell you a new update. Can you calm me down? Can you help me through this? It's so much nicer than having to kind of bother somebody and go, all right, so here's the story. And here's what's going on now and why I'm upset by this still. Because otherwise I get, well, why is this still bothering you if it happened this long ago? And that's, that's part of the next subject of how to respond when somebody reaches out to you. We, we've um, talked about this once back in our very first show. Because it was our very yeah, first when, when I, I believe we had a question of like the people who some like if you don't have a mental illness, how can you be there for someone who does? Yes. And it was a terrific question. I think it was by Amanda. It was, yes. Um, it was a fantabulous question. And I think about it often, to be fully honest. Um, when someone is in crisis and they reach out to you, it is overwhelming. I've been in crisis myself, and having somebody in a crisis situation reach out to me is overwhelming. Because I'm always afraid that... I'm either going to give advice that isn't helpful or what I'm trying to say to them is going to come across as comparative. And you never ever want to do the comparative thing. You never want to say to somebody who's in a situation of crisis, you know, well, at least it's not this. Yeah, or, hey, it could be worse. Or along the same lines of that, you know, other people have it, you know, other people have it worse right now. This is not that bad. Don't downplay it. Yeah. Well, I've, I've gotten, um, this was back when I was on Twitter and I would like post, I would try to be open about a a struggle I was having. Mm -hmm. I've got, I've gotten the response I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I've I've gotten the response of like, hey, where we all have our problems. There's no need to broadcast it. Yes. I think you've said that once before about your rants on Twitter. And I, by the way, I love your rants on Twitter. I love them so much. And I'm not being sarcastic at all. I really do. I really love your rants about Twitter. <laughs> I, I didn't realize I ranted about Twitter. You 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 do a little bit, but I think it deserves to be ranted about lately. Well, I have like I've deactivated my like I haven't been active on Twitter, and I I'm not on there anymore. I've deactivated like any account I've ever had on there. Yeah. So I'm not like if you're finding this podcast and you're looking for us on Twitter, don't look for me because I'm not on there. I have one and it's long. It, it hasn't been used since my webcomic died out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twitter well, was originally created for for things like things of that nature. It was originally created for business owners to give updates, and then, like all social media, it was opened up to the general public. <laughs> the general public took a bigger dump on Twitter than it did on Reddit. Well, I, I found out I found out about Twitter because I had a friend of mine who would he was following like like different like celebrities and like 
he's like, this is a cool way of like, you're, it's almost like getting a text from your favorite celebrities. Like, I think he said he was following, um, I don't know, people from like members of bands he liked is something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was originally created for uh, business owners to, you know, let people know when uh, new menu items are up or if there were price changes or store closings were happening. And then they opened it up wider to uh, webcomic artists and celebrities and things of that nature. And also for updates, you know, it was great because uh, I, I was a webcomic artist, so I had a Twitter. And I used to follow people like Jewel State and Nathan Fillion and Alan Tadek and, uh, <laughs> you know, some, some, others, some other people that I, I don't want to name. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's nice because if they were going to be at a, at a convention near me or if they were going to be filming near me or if they were flying in, it was kind of cool because it was like, oh, I can play Where's Waldo and try and find Jewel State for an autograph. This is awesome. But then Twitter, like I said, opened it up to the general public and everybody got a Twitter handle and it, it became the new Reddit. And then when Reddit and pin, uh, Reddit and Instagram and what was the, the other one? Uh, crap. What I can't, it was like Reddit, but I can't remember it. Uh, I, ne- I never did Reddit. I still don't get. I still don't get Reddit. I don't understand it. I think it's Reddit feels to me like a bunch of frat boys circle jerking each other. <laughs> Is that okay to say? I know we're I not mean, a family, but I'm still always afraid. We're we're an we can be not safe for work. I keep the explicit tag on this podcast, so you can say <laughs> stuff like that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I always like somebody's gonna so judge me for knowing what that term means. Oh, these are adults. Uh, what mean, was the other one? Yeah. There was another one that was like Reddit, where you would scroll and it was free, and it, it was uh, Jeff Jacques of Questionable Content used it. And it was in case his website went down for his actual comic and he would post the comic there. And I can't remember what the hell it's called. But a lot of people had it, especially um, sex workers and fetish models and stuff like that. And then they stopped allowing nude pictures. So a lot of, you know, fetish models and things like that lost their viewerships and their audience. And that's how they make a living, you know. Hey, there is no shame in your game. Um, but Twitter doesn't care. You can post all the raunchy pictures you want on Twitter. So they all went to Twitter. So it just became even more convoluted because if you're if you are a, a female presenting individual on Twitter, the kind of comments and responses you get to any picture you post of your face. It's just terrifying. Let me see your feet. Let me see your tits. Let me see your butt. Let me see this. Let me see that. It's you do not. I do not owe you my body. And I almost want to take on the response to to comments like that, both 
on my Instagram DMs and on, you know, Twitter, if I ever bring it back, of uh, some of my favorite models who now just tell them, you need to pay me. <laughs> PayPal me this much money and I will send you this. And then they take pictures off the internet <laughs> and send it to people. <laughs> I'm sure I could find somebody who looks like me. Like, I'm sure that there's a bunch of white women with big butts out there that I could just steal a picture of who won't mind. Just go, go to Google Image. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Right? No kidding. Um, anyway. <laughs> Just oh. rant number two. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, so... Anytime somebody is in crisis and they reach out to you, the best response you can give is, I'm trying to remember the acronym. My work used to use this acronym and it was great. And I want to say it's LAST. Listen, acknowledge, suggest, and thank. Yeah, it's LAST. Okay. So what you want to do to use last whenever you have somebody in crisis that comes to you and is asking for help, whether they ask for help straightforward in a Joey kind of way, because Joey's a very straightforward dude, or in a very roundabout car crash way like I do, um, <laughs> it's first, take the time that you need. If you need five minutes to go to the washroom, grab a drink, get comfortable, get a snack, whatever you need. You know, if you need to leave work, if you need, whatever you need to do, tell that person that you need that time and then fully settle in to listen and do nothing but listen. If you have kids, have your partner take care of them. Occupy them with a movie and snacks. You know, whatever you have to do to give your full attention to that person in crisis, do it. They will appreciate it. There is nothing better than knowing that somebody has your undivided attention, that they are there just for you in that moment. And I understand that that's not always how the world works. We all do. But we appreciate the attempt. Next, when they're done, you want to acknowledge. Whether you acknowledge by saying you've been there or you acknowledge by saying, I can't imagine, however you do it, acknowledge that you have taken that information in and have accepted it and it has, you've processed it and you've, you've kind of gotten a, an idea of what's going on. Before you ask any questions, just acknowledge that you have taken the time and made the effort to hear them out to read what they've sent you, however they've transmitted this information to you, just acknowledge that you have absorbed it all. Ask questions then. But when you're asking questions, the questions should be focused on them. Don't make them about you. This is not the time to ask, how can I help? I know that that's always our first inclination because it's the human condition to to want to help, especially when it's somebody that we love and care for. But this is not that moment. 
after you've acknowledged and you're responding, you're, you're asking questions to further acknowledge what they've sent you, all of those questions should be focused on them. Why is this, why is this affecting you this way? What specifically about this? Help them sort through it so that you can better understand what's going on through their mind. And then once you've done that, make suggestions. That's where you can ask, how can I help? If you have no suggestions, the best thing you can say is, how can I help? Don't give some fruitful of fluff. Everybody goes through this. We've all been there. It could be worse. That's fruitful of fluff. Okay? Put that shit in a jar, save it for Christmas time, and then throw it on top of a cranberry salad. Okay? It doesn't need to be in this conversation. Nobody what wants to hear fruitful. Word... <laughs> I'm, I'm fruitful. sorry. What was that? Fruitful what? Fruitful fluff. Fruitful fluff. Fluff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Nobody wants fluff. fluff okay. Nobody. Fluff. Nobody. Nobody wants it when they're in crisis. <laughs> oh. Damn it, Joey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just Kurt, love that word. <laughs> I lost my spot. I froze on stage. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not mad. It's okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't give any of the, it could be worse. The, no, maybe, we, yeah. don't give us the fruitful of fluff, okay? Please, please don't. Oh my God. That is my new favorite word. <laughs> it's going to be a buzzword. <laughs> We're going to hash Hashtag, it. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. <laughs> I, I apparently can't say it right, so that's your word. Fruitful <laughs> of fluff. What's that again? Fru, fa, la, fluff. Fru, fa, la, fluff. Yes. <laughs> Fru, fa, la, fluff. Yes. All right. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> no, we don't want it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's bad. It tastes great on top of a cranberry salad. It even tastes good on top of whipped cream and s'mores bars. Or Jello, you know, whatever you like to make something extra creamy and delicious. It doesn't belong in a conversation when somebody is in crisis. Um, if you have no suggestions for the third part of last to make to somebody who's in crisis, ask them how you can help. We will tell you what we need. And it could be something as simple as send me, send me cute kittens. Or just tell me you love me. Tell me I'm needed. You know, it, it could be something as, can you come over and spend the night? And I know there's this weird taboo and it's awkward for guys and girls to spend the night alone together when they're not dating. Throw it out the damn window, okay? If somebody needs you and you are able to be there, 
go. If you got to bring your significant other so that they feel comfortable because you don't need that headache and nobody else needs that headache, let the person in crisis know, hey, is it cool if I bring so-and-so? I haven't told them anything. This is your story to tell. But is it cool if I bring them with? 90% of us will tell you, yeah, that's cool. Let's make a party of it. It'll probably help me to have people around. 8% of the last 10, if we don't know that person, we'll probably ask you not to. And we'll probably say, you know what, just keep talking to me. You know, we'll, we'll avoid that. You know, just keep talking to me until I feel like I'm ready to go to bed if you can, or, you know, you need to go to bed or whatever. That's easier, usually, you know, it's cool. And then the last 2%, it's a toss up. You know, I, I've had that last 2% either be, no, I'm not cool with that right now. I, I really just want somebody I trust. And no, I don't want anybody else to see me like this. And respect that, you know, because it is a hard place to be in, um, especially depending on what the crisis is and how deep somebody's in it. Or they'll be like, you know, yeah, that's cool. If you if you know numbers for this person or this person or this person, bring them over too. Some of us really just want to be surrounded by people. We don't want to be alone. Being alone when you are in a crisis situation can kind of enhance the anxiety that you're feeling. Not for everybody, but for a majority of people. Because being alone, there's that risk of you following through with hurting yourself or, or doing something or just not being safe. You know, if you're having a panic attack, that panic attack could go on for hours. And if you're alone, it could even possibly go on for days because you have nothing to ground yourself with. If you're having uh, a, a point of, you know, suicidal adulation and you don't want to be alone because you're afraid that when you're alone and you have no one to talk to, you're going to, you know, hurt yourself. Having a bunch of people around you to kind of talk to and keep an eye on you can sometimes be a great place as long as you're not keeping an eye on us by babysitting us. We are still the same person, crisis or not. Don't treat us differently just because we're in a crisis. We don't need kid gloves. And I think I've said that about the kid gloves before. Put the kid gloves next to the fruit full of fluff. Okay? <laughs> be good. Those belong fruit on the same shelf. Fruit full of fluff. It's a good word. Oh, my God. You're the best. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Joey? No. Okay. Uh, last stage is to think. This this yeah. is going to sound backwards, but most of the time the people in crisis are going to thank you for being there, you know, and they're going to apologize. You know, I'm sorry to bother you. Thank you for listening. Thank them back. Thank them for trusting you. Thank them for being willing to ask for help. Thank them for, for taking that hard step because it is a hard step. It is a fucking hard step to, ex to acknowledge that you're, for lack of better terms, crumbling under the weight of your own brain. Thank them. Yeah. Thank yeah. them for being strong enough to say, please help me. Please pull me out of here. Please 
you know, just do something. And thank them for trusting you because that trust that we give you is monumental. We do not give trust lightly. I have those inner circles. <laughs> I don't throw, you know, my, my help me spears to just anyone. If, I, if I'm throwing you one, it's, it's not only a huge warning sign with flashing lights um, saying, please help me. It's, it's also a lifeline. There are moments when I'm going to throw you one of those and you are the difference between whether I'm here today or not. And for a lot of people, it's the same way. If you take, pick, take up that, thank them for trusting you. Because not yes. only are you solidifying that trust and making that person feel extremely listened to and respected, you are acknowledging just how important what you did is. Yeah, that's what my boss did when I went to her. She said, she, she did say that. She said, like, thank you. I'm glad you felt you were able to come to me with this and talk to me about it. And that made a world, that made a huge difference. Like, the, the fact that I was just able to get it off my shoulders, it felt like a, that itself felt like a release. And then her saying that she appreciated me coming to her with this was just, was, the icing on the cake, if you will. Well, are you still there? Oh my, Allison? Yes, I saw that too. Huh? <laughs> Mini heart attack, stupid Anchor app. We love oh, you, Anchor. Hi. Do that anymore. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right, we're good. But did you hear all of that? I heard parts of it, and then I was trying to respond, but it like I was just like, oh, it's not what? Why isn't it wanting me here? My like, what's going on? And then I hit it, and I'm like, no. <laughs> it's okay now. Well, it's okay now. People do these. Kate Allison show everybody. It's our norm. Oh God! Yeah, we've made it this far. I know, right? Knock, knock on everything because we've made it this far, and we're almost done because we only have one more part of this to talk left. Um, okay. Is self care tips for after a crisis, or after you acknowledge that a crisis, you know, could be coming? So, self care tips, Mr. Joey, my dearest friend, what are self care tips that you? as a ruggedly handsome man, like to uh, partake in. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't be fooled by the voice, folks. No. Um, what are some of my self-care go-tos? Yes. Okay. Um, oh, let me see. It's just coming home, like a nice cup of coffee will always, you know, even though it has caffeine and it's supposed to perk me up, 
you know, a nice hot cup of coffee will always relax me. Yeah. And make me feel good. Like I've been having over the course of this recording. So a comforting drink. Um, it is. Yes. And I've been having a hazelnut flavor and it's delightful. Oh, death in a cup for me. What's that? Death in a cup. I'm allergic to nuts, but it sounds divine. I love the oh, smell of oh, okay. I love the okay. smell of hazelnut, but it, it just ugh, everything closes up. I can't breathe. Okay. <sighs> okay, no problem. I'm two states <laughs> over, so I know. At no least word. we're safe there. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I just like to, you know find you know, watch a TV show or movie I've seen enough times that it's a level of comfort for me. Yeah, you can just kind of zone out. Yeah. Or it's... Yeah, that's my... Those are my personal go-tos. What are some of yours? All right, so as a... um interesting young woman <laughs> I, uh, I enjoy walking it is a tremendous physical and mental boost for me um, I, I'm frequently the person that'll slam a door and and take off on a, a, a walk for as long as I need to calm down um, so that's always a good one I also like to um, paint my nails <laughs> That's probably the girliest thing I do is I like to uh, paint my nails. And I usually try and give myself a mani-pedi once a week, you know, just to keep things looking fine. Um, <laughs> and also just to switch it up because I, I, I might have slight OCD because the second it starts to chip, I have to like peel it all off and it's just not good for my hands or my cuticles or anything like that. And then I start to chew. Um, what else? Uh, painting. I, I love to create art. I love to create things that make people smile. If I can make other people happy, I'm happy. That is great self-care for me is making other people happy. And I, I've been told I give really excellent advice. And since we started doing this podcast, I've had strangers tell me that too. So, so maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe I shouldn't just brush it off as a nice compliment anymore, but um, I don't always see it. So, but I do see it in my art. When I, when I give people art or I create something just for somebody else that they don't know or anything, or, you know, they're not expecting it, you know, the, the response I get it's, it's sometimes better than like sex. It's a very euphoric feeling. Um, gifting something some, to somebody that they love, that's handmade, that I poured all of my emotions in, good, bad, ugly, all of it, just, just heightens that, that feeling. Especially when they hype me back up. They're like, oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. I can't wait to frame it and hang it on my wall and show everybody and tell everybody I know such a talented person. Like it just hypes me up. Like, I love it, um, which is great self-care. <laughs> and maybe that's very vain, 
but knowing that somebody enjoys what I've made and what I can do is just great. Um, reading a book is great, but I don't get to read anything besides Dr. Seuss all that often (laughs) (laughs) with the kids. Um, Video games used to be one, but again, kids kind of kill that. Um, Movies are awesome because I can do that with the kids. Snuggles. I will take snuggles any day. Like, as long as I know you. Like, don't just approach me and try to snuggle me. Because it's awkward. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I love snuggles. I I love to, to have a connection with people. I just don't like to be touched if I don't know you. Like, if I know you, like, I'm totally down for Joey hugs. And I've, I haven't Aww. met Joey in person yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm totally down for the Joey bear hugs when I see him. Um, if I know you and you want to come up and just wrap your arms around me, I am the happiest person ever. I'm like a dog. I'm like, pet me more. Oh my God, pet me more. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, the best self-care I can do though is making uh, like other people happy. And I love to bake for my kids. I love to uh, paint for other people's. I like to cook for other people's. Every year around this time, I go through a really bad seasonal depression. A, because I get slammed. I have the quote unquote anniversary of what would be my marriage. I have the quote unquote anniversary of two of my rapes. Um, I have the quote unquote anniversary of when my dad walked out on us all just hitting each other in a row. So I always try to like reach out to people and do what I can. And my friend Josh every year sends me like three to four uh, recipes that he wants because he's a pumpkinaholic. That that man loves pumpkin, pumpkin everything. September hints and that's all he wants. He's wait he's waiting outside of Starbucks in a in a tent for pumpkin spice. <laughs> I've never had a pumpkin spice latte. So I don't get the hype. I love pumpkin, don't get me wrong, but I don't get the hype. I don't get the hype of pumpkin spice. Yeah, I I don't mind I like pumpkin pie. Yeah, I like pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin cheesecake. Um I made him uh, a pumpkin uh uh, pumpkin coffee cake last year that was really phenomenal. Um, I've made I've used pumpkin in stews. Like I like pumpkin, don't get me wrong, but I am not like white girl in Uggs standing outside of a Starbucks for six hours. <laughs> pumpkin spice lover. Um, he is, and I love him for it. Like it's endearing. And then the second Halloween's over, he's decked out in Christmas every damn day, and it drives me insane because I. I can't stand Christmas, but we'll get into another day. Um, but one of my, my self-care things that I do, because I know that I get this kind of like seasonal depression, even though it's not, has nothing to do with the change in season. It just has to do with all these traumatic events in one big block of time happening is I take those recipes from him and I bake. I revel in baking this stuff for him. Like I love it. <laughs> I love baking this stuff for him because he loves it. He appreciates it. And it, it, it puts a smile on his face. And the fact that I can put a smile on his face puts a smile on my face. The fact that I can make my kids happy by making them 
homemade French bread for their, for their sandwiches and their toast that I can make them homemade cinnamon roll bread puts a smile on my face. Like I, I just love making other people happy. And that's the best self-care for me because it gives my life purpose. Anything that gives me purpose is great self-care. And again, maybe that sounds vain to some people because from doing these things for others, there's that gratification from them praising me. But it has nothing to do with the praise because they could tell me it's shit (laughs) and I would still enjoy it. I might say, oh, well, fuck you. I'm not doing it again. But I would still revel in it while I was doing it. Like the outcome doesn't matter. It's the fact that while I'm making these things, I know that there's the potential to make somebody else happy and that makes me happy. And that's the best self-care for me. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are listeners' self-care tips? What what did we not hit? What are you know ideas that you guys have for those? Do you use last? Um, are you going to use last? One of the things that Joey and I have been talking about um, at ad nauseum is we don't hear from people. Our Instagram is slowly getting more comments, and I'm loving it. I don't know about you. Are you loving this? Oh, yeah. Yes. I love it. I love when people tell us they're excited for a certain show uh, now that we've put up our, our little show list. Uh, I love it when people respond to posts that we make about how – you know, they love it or they emphasize with it or they needed it. It's like, yes, we are doing good. Um, but I want to know more. Like, what do you guys want? <laughs> I know that's such a broad question. But what, what, what more do you want from us? What do you want from us? What more can we do? I don't mean to be so dramatic, but. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> But, you know, like we said, we, we finally hit our double digit episode, either a couple episodes back or today. I don't know, because I haven't counted. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go back through the episodes and like, retitle them and like put a number in front. So we'll start numbering our episodes. Again. Numbering them again. Although I did get one of the nicest comments the other day about our new episodes instead of just naming it episode number. They love yeah. the title. Apparently the titles have helped a lot of people better understand and they like the, the trigger warnings in them. There is a listener that I shared this with recently in um, uh, one of my branch up groups of murderinos and survivorinos. I want to say it is the eating disorder group. I don't remember your name and I'm really, really sorry. Um, but if you're listening to this, hi. <laughs> Hello. You, you loved the content warnings and trigger warnings that we put in the titles. Thank you. We try. <laughs> we appreciate that you appreciate those in there. We will continue to do that, I promise, as long as it, you know, we can somehow fit it in there. Um, you know, but yeah, that's that's something that has been great feedback is that people love our titles. All right, well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to change the titles. I'm just going to put numbers in front of them. Yeah, I didn't think you were. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome that people love the titles. That, that's great feedback. What other feedback can you give us? 
Um, I know Apple lets you leave reviews, and I, I saw we have two now. Which woohoo, two. Well, yeah. we have two. We have two, we have two ratings. We don't. Last I checked, we don't have actual written reviews yet. Sad. So um, please, we would greatly appreciate those. Yeah, we would. I mean, rate us too. Yeah, ratings are awesome. Um, I think we're up listeners too, since we uh. I know Anchor said we have 12 listeners that are on there. That's, a, that's our, like, average, like, the yeah. average amount of listeners we have for yeah. all our episodes. Awesome. Yeah, all our episodes combined and then divided by how many episodes we have. Yeah, if so we can back the number up to 20 by the end of the year, I will give away a free piece of artwork. Oh, well, there you go. I will give away a free piece of artwork if we can bump that number up to 20 by the end of the year. To 20 average loyal listeners, I will give away a piece of artwork. I actually have one in mind, too. I have a really cool piece of artwork I will I'll post it on Instagram. Just, well, we got to figure out, like, how we're, what the stipulation is for that, like, how, yeah. like, how someone wins that. I think they're going to have to take a screenshot of them listening to episodes. Okay. Yeah. I think I want to throw I want to throw in the stipulation of leaving a uh, re- an actual review on Apple. Yeah, if you listen off of Apple, leave a review. If yes, you don't no. listen to Apple, but have and have Instagram. Follow us on Instagram and leave a comment at least. Yeah. Or like before this too. Yeah, we you can also like there's one podcast I listen to that they say like to get people like leave the reviews, uh they say like put your Instagram name or Twitter handle in the review. Yeah, we'd love to follow you guys back. Yes. So yeah, it lets us know exact. It'll let us know exactly who you are. We'll give you a shout out on the show. I Absolutely. have an idea. I have an idea to like any reviews we get. I'll read them on the show, and then we'll like shout you out on here. I'm so down for that. I'm super down for that. So, all right. Well, I think we've covered that. Um, next week we have special guest Holly. I'm super excited. I know they're super excited too. Um, and then after that, we are moving into uh, October. Yeah, October. And we're going to have two guests in October. We are, we yeah. are fledged out and I'm super excited. Super excited to get everybody on here. I'm super excited to talk to people and have more stories than just us, even though I love us. Um, <laughs> I love us too, but I am open to loving more people. I know. Um, <laughs> I think that the people that we have coming up here are going to have some really wonderful, touching stories and experiences to share with everybody. I think it's going to be beneficial to people. Um, and yeah, I'm just super excited for the rest of the year. Good job, us. Yeah. Hooray, us. Woohoo! Go Warriors! 
to quote my favorite murder, fucking hooray for us. Yes. Fucking hooray. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And, um, I want to say, like, you got a little, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode of Terrified and Inebriated, which I had them on my po- my other podcast. I listened to them on yours. I have not listened to their episode yet. Yeah, they mentioned coming on mine, and then they you get a little mention in there, too. Oh my goodness, I'm so touched. I love you, ladies. So, I have to go um, listen to that. I'm going to go scurry away and listen to that. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we can get them on here, too, because they, they, did, they did an episode where... At the beginning, they opened up about their own mental health. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. So, uh, Genevieve and I was, oh, I'm all. Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I always <laughs> want to call her by my daughter's name. And I'm like, no, it's not the same. <laughs> it's, it's close. It's one letter off. It is. I always so. <laughs> Yeah, Genevieve and Kelly, if you want to come on here, um, take a look at our schedule. We're totally happy to have you on on any day that you, you know, something clicks with you guys otherwise uh we can rearrange stuff and uh get you on here or we can have you on after the new year and you can be our our first guest of 2020 yeah we shall see we are we are really scheduling things out here and i'm so excited we're like a grown-up podcast and like, not this just word is... fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this is always this is just always great to yep. do this. And yeah. Let us hear from you. Yeah, please, you know, follow our uh our account on Instagram, which is uh Joey and Allison underscore MH Warriors. Let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. Let us give yeah. us ideas for 2020. Because yes, I will, I will include, not. I will include links to our Instagrams in the episode descriptions. And yeah, it's we want to hear from you. We do. We want to know the good, the bad, the ugly. We want to follow you back and cheer you on. You know that's what we're here for. We are here to lift you up when you need it. We are here to. Uh, you know, celebrate your hurrahs with you and make them that much better. You know, we're here for whatever. We're awesome. And you're awesome. And we're so happy to be freaking doing this. It's awesome. <laughs> I didn't think it would go this long, but I'm super, I'm super pumped that it has gone this long and that it's going to continue to go this long. And I just can't wait to see where we are next year. Yes. So I, I, can't wait either and yeah we're gonna meet at some point next year i know yeah uh may for the flying pig it has already been arranged yes off has been requested uh money is being put aside yeah it's 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 going on i have to you know figure out my sign and lose more weight so i look super cute when i take pictures with you well i gotta i gotta lose more weight just so i can be 
in better condition to do the damn thing. Oh, you can do the damn thing. I have all the I have all the confidence in you, and I will be there. <laughs> I, will, I will follow you along. I'll be at every mile marker. Go, Joey, go. Yes, well, it's six point two miles I'm doing, so I, I can do it. Yeah. All right. Well, Allison, always great talking to you on these Sunday afternoons. Always wonderful to spend Sunday afternoon with you too. So, uh, yeah. So. I will talk to you for sure next week and anytime throughout the week you want to reach out and talk. Absolutely. Same to you. He's here. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to us today. And uh, without you. Yes. We are grateful for every one of you who listened to this and who those of you who have reached out to us so far. Thank you. And we definitely want to continue hearing from you and want to hear from more of you. Yes. Thank you. It means the world to us that you reach out to us. It's, it's awesome. We appreciate it. We appreciate the love and the support. Keep sharing us, keep listening. Um, and yeah, we'll be here. Awesome. So I, this might be our longest episode so far. It might, be. it might be either that or the one with Alicia. It's hard to tell. Well, the, the one with Felicia was just under 90 minutes. This one's over 93 right now. Wow. So I think this is our probably, I believe this is our longest episode thus far. Yeah, but it was an important one. We got a lot of information out there. So go us. So, hooray. Go you, Allison. I love you. I love you too, Joey. You have a great week. And I'll talk to you next Sunday with our special guest, Holly. Yes, and... Looking forward to that. And everyone, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Bye, Warriors. Bye-bye. Bye.